was on the 92. 1862 on a summer's afternoon. I took the bus from Barbara's. She was heavy laden. And the way we went along, coming with sweet that's on the road to bleeding. Oh, me lads, you should have seen him standing. Passing the folks along the road just to see him standing. Your wet is good, ladies and gents. Welcome to another episode of FCHN Radio. It's your boy Elijah. I'm joined by the co-host with the most, Mr. Josh. Joshua, how are you doing? I'm always good, man, and even better when I'm on here with you. Okay, well, you don't have to lie. That's a, that's a lie, everyone. We caught him in his web of lies. Josh is lying. <laughs> he he's good, but it's not has nothing to do with me at all. Not that good, no, huh? Not that good. <laughs> yeah, don't don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype. All right, so um, we're gonna we're gonna this will be a good little episode. Um, we have Newcastle suffering their third straight two 0 loss, which means Ugh. that um the tide must turn at some point. So we'll talk about that today. I uh, got a couple bits of news, and then we'll preview the Sunday uh I guess morning for me and Josh match uh, yeah. against Wolves. Which is nice because this last match, I woke up at, um, I guess, uh, 5 a.m. And Mm-mm. now I get to sleep in until 10.30. So, uh, Josh, I'm glad you didn't wake up for this one because you, you didn't miss much. No, it's so it was 4.30, I think, was the, was the listed start time on Peacock. And I was like, yeah. no, no thanks. Um, yep. I'll watch the replay. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I mean, if you watched, I'll say this: if you watched the uh, the Manchester United Cup final, and then watched uh, the Man City, like if you'd watched the Manchester United Cup final, then there was no reason to to watch the Man City match. <laughs> no, just leave it at that. I mean, if you watched the Liverpool match, then there was no reason. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's why this episode's called Manchester Deja Vu. Deja two. Oh. Deja too, yeah, that works. Okay, let's. Uh, do you have anything to plug real quick? I don't. I don't know. No, no, I'm. I'm, uh, I'm happy, content. Newcastle Good. are through a, a hard period, and uh, and um, I'm. I'm happy, ready to record this and then move on. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm in the same. Gonna watch some real good soccer in the next few weeks, anyway. That's true. Uh, yeah, if all goes according to plan. <laughs> For sure. All right, uh, let's hop into some news. Uh, Josh, give us a little women's team update. Uh, the women are still in second. They're seven points out of first. They won uh, on Sunday 2-0 versus Leeds uh, with goals, uh, a second-half brace by Casey Elson. Um, they play first-placed Durham Sestria next Tuesday, the 14th. Ooh. So that's a six-pointer. But here's the thing. Now, we have two matches in hand on them right now, and Durham hosts Stockport County on Sunday the 12th. So they have a two-day turnaround, and uh, then they get to play Newcastle. So I suspect Newcastle is going to actually win that game, but they may get their three points from Stockport, and so we'll be one match in hand at that point and four points out. So it's getting down to the wire. I think they've they've got four matches left and we have six matches left. Oh, getting, getting close. Okay. 
I, I so we need them to lose both matches essentially. We really we just need Durham to just lose a bunch, but they haven't. It's not it, that's not their pattern, and and only one team gets promoted from this. So this could be the second year in a row, um, where the ladies don't um, earn themselves promotion by just I think a point, maybe. It was close last year. Uh, they do. There was news though. They will play at St James's on Sunday, April sixteenth. So, oh. circle your calendars for that one. I hope that's streamed because um, I'd love to watch it. H- have they been streamed? I, f- I, I haven't seen like, one. I haven't yeah, seen one. I feel like that. That's something. I'm sure that the they'll they'll be on it eventually. But that's that's got to be the next step. Something. That's yeah, kind of the next, the next step. Yeah, it's natural as well. Like I mean, if you look at uh, all of the other clubs around the top six: Chelsea, Liverpool, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the ones that have established women's teams, um, they they stream all their matches. Like there, yeah, there might be some distribution issues. It depends on the league. Um, I know this is not a Wrexham AFC podcast, but uh, Rob and Ryan uh, down in the National League with Wrexham AFC had to fight against the league to help create a situation in which the national league teams could stream and prior to them sort of creating, you know, this favorable situation with the league teams weren't previously allowed. I don't think to stream their matches. And I think it was because there wasn't a way to share the profit. Hmm. There, there was something there, you know, somebody is much more knowledgeable than myself will be, you know, telling me all about it. Um, yelling at their, their podcast <laughs> listening I, device. I mean, I'm, I'm but, not but gonna lie. I think long, I think you're yeah. probably spot on. It there's something. There's a profit. reason, right? It's always money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably the initial reason is just Mike Ashley was a was a cheap motherfucker, and he didn't he didn't spend the money to make it happen. But oh no, for the just, women's team, they weren't yeah. officially affiliated with the club. Like they were. Uh, oh, that, so that would be yeah. Yeah, they weren't they weren't absorbed by the club at that point. They were um they were just still playing like in the team. colors. Yeah, well, yeah, they were like a semi-pro organization that was like a non-profit. Like they were still doing the spot. They were doing player sponsors, everything yeah. that a semi-pro team does. I remember um, they were we, doing that before. Here in Portland, we actually sponsored um, some women players for the last few years. The yeah. the Toon Army PDX, uh, they kind of led the charge, and I just threw my money at it and said, make yeah. sure it, you know, make sure somebody gets their kits taken care of." We did that as well. Shout out to Tune Army PDX because they, I think they were the reason that we ended up doing it for this podcast. We had sponsored um, a player or two um, awesome. a long time ago and tried to yeah. get some on. But yeah, and then uh, it was, it was actually a big deal. I want to say it was, it was, it might have been the beginning, like over last summer or um, like in August, they officially, uh, the, the club officially absorbed right. the team. And so now the players were, everything was provided for them, all that kind right. of stuff. Um, so the next evolution of that is yeah, hopefully a, a stream. Yeah. Yeah. Stream would be good. Um, and again, we'll get there. I mean, if you look at all the, all the clubs, I mean, it's not only just the women's games, they stream, like you can watch the Chelsea U 16s, like, like play, like it's absurd. Um, how much you can, uh, how much, uh, other, other clubs are giving access to, uh, to their fans and it works. So I'm sure that again, Newcastle will probably be, falling right in behind them. I have a few friends who are Chelsea fans who love watching the youth team. So shout out, That's shout cool. out to them. Yeah. All right. Um, let's get into some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, big, big piece from the athletic dropped mm. uh, about Eddie Howe and Ryan Fraser. 
Um, I don't remember if I mentioned this on the last podcast, but Ryan Fraser has been you did. told to train with the – oh, thank you. you yeah. He was told to train with the U21s. We finally found out why. Very messy, sticky situation. We'll say that um, you can read the full piece from Chris Waugh. Um, I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, Chris Waugh yeah. from The Athletic. And then uh, if you if you're too lazy to do that, um, we have a write up on coming home Newcastle that kind of breaks down the the, the timeline. But essentially, uh, there was already a little bit of tension between Eddie Howe and Ryan Fraser, considering when Ryan Fraser left left Bournemouth, which we haven't really talked about in a while because it hasn't really come up. Mm. When he left Bournemouth, he basically. Uh, if you ask Bournemouth fans, he quit on the team. Um, it was yeah. a weird period in 2020 where the season was paused and then resumed. And essentially, like because his contract was expiring, what they did was the, I mean, this is a FIFA thing all over because there are a lot of expiring contracts. You essentially had the option to finish out, you know, your contract with your team, even though it technically had expired, you would still get paid, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And then after the season was over, you would be free to move on to whatever team, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Essentially, everyone did the, we'll just play out the rest of the season, except for Ryan Fraser, which, um, you know, again, he's entitled to do his own thing. He's looking out yeah. for himself. He's looking out for his health. Like, you can't blame him, but fans in managers weren't were likely not happy because uh Bournemouth were in the middle of a relegation scrap they did get relegated and while the rest of the team was sitting down in the championship Ryan Fraser was uh smiling and signing uh a contract with Newcastle and that's kind of where it all started and then um it kind of spiraled into a a whole ordeal where uh where Eddie Howe believed that Ryan Fraser wasn't wasn't training or taking things as serious as, as other Newcastle players. And it just got really ugly. And now we're at a point where the, the two guys who were formerly really good friends and well-respected now are uh, not enemies, but um, each side is saying the other side could be doing something better. And that's always the case. I don't know yeah. if there's really that much to add to it, but I wanted to at least mention it. Mm -hmm. uh, Josh, any thoughts on uh, Ryan Frazier? It looks like his tenure at Newcastle's over. I think he requested, a trans he requested a transfer yeah. in January and then was granted that transfer request, but there was not a lot of interest. No um, one came knocking. No one came knocking on the Fraser door. I which you is know weird, to be well honest. it is, but it isn't. Look, he never really ticked. He never he never really you know never really kicked on at Newcastle, and I think people were. I mean, I remember his separation, his divorce, basically from oh, yeah. from Boardman. It was ugly. It was ugly. And this is similar and it may be, and you know, I don't know the man personally, but if I were, if I were the general manager of a football club looking at a potential transfer target and I see this guy's had two, um, you know, messy breakups from, from clubs, you know, at a high level, I, you know, even if I were Partick Thistle or, or like whole city, I would, you know, I would second guess this guy's commitment to the club never i wouldn't second guess his athletic ability or his, his footballing yeah. house but he would do well <clears throat> don't you think he's the kind of guy that could move to major league soccer and really kick on at a club like colorado rapids he would and, kick on and, at any club in major league soccer and like, nobody have to <laughs> nobody here would know anything about his background but his accent and his you know his football experience he would really kick on here. He'd be a god. 
Well, no, yeah, I mean he would be. He'd be a man he, amongst boys. That's for sure. He he, w- he would make the All Star team, which yeah. means nothing to our our British listeners. But it, it's who was that? Who deal. was that Scottish uh, winger that played for Sporting Kansas City? Oh, uh, you know uh, Johnny man. Johnny I, something. Johnny Evans, maybe? No, gosh darn it. Anyway, the guy was like, I I think he I don't remember where maybe Ipswich maybe he played at Ipswich. I don't know. Um. He was a mid-level sort of winger, you know. He was yeah. he, he kind of floated around top of the championship, maybe Scottish Premier it was League. Johnny Russell. That's right, Johnny Russell. And he was at Derby. Derby, right? Yeah, yeah. So he was top of the championship, maybe Scottish Premier League level. Very talented player. Came to the U.S. Hooked up at, at Sporting Kansas City. Won a title. Won a U.S. Open Cup did really, really well here. May, maybe still plays here. I'm not sure, but... Oh, no, he still does. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, and he's he, just well, he very well He might be well the regarded. club captain, to be honest. Yeah, so, see? Yeah. And so there you go. Ryan, if you're listening, which you're not, I know you're not, but hey, um, you know, you could do worse than to go play down at, uh, down in Miami. You know, where is, where is, um, where is um, Neville? Where's Neville at? Is he in Orlando? He's or in Miami, but I mean, Miami, Miami, like the league has already said they're going to bend themselves over backwards to get messy. So this summer, Messi's going to be at Inter Miami. <laughs> Good. So Ryan Frazier could take a pay cut and come and play with Messi. Yeah, it'd be a massive pay cut. He'd have to be like, <laughs> you're you're getting into MLS like roster rules and fake money, and they're already going to bend the roster rules for Messi. Yeah, you're right. Just no. scrap the whole thing and just like like be a regular league for God's sake. Like if you want, if you want, if you're going to bend over backwards for every popular player, you might as well just let everyone buy their teams. And I don't know. Maybe install a system that punishes teams for not investing. I don't know. I don't know what that would look like. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Or well, yeah. This was your major league soccer promotion relegation soapbox. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was there. It is. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I know you agree. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, that's that's Ryan Fraser. He's probably going to be somewhere else. Um, I don't know how far people will look into his divorces from clubs because, in a way. I like I would push back slightly on it just because in a way the first one felt like it made a it made some sense considering he was what 26 so he's entering mm-hmm. his prime looking at a new contract knows that he can't get maximum pay which he did at Newcastle he was one of the high, more higher higher paid players um but that was brought in that summer alongside Callum Wilson um and I want to say yeah alongside Callum Wilson not at the same time exactly but around the same time and uh, looking at his injury history, like I, it would be out, it would suck for him to get injured right before the end of the season. So, like again, that's normally a risk you can't take, but a risk you have to take. And then in that case, he didn't have to take it, so he didn't. So, I think you could see his perspective on that one, and on this one, I I could see his perspective as well. Like just obviously, there's there's history between him and Hetty. Mm-hmm. And, and Eddie and then like I mean he just was not like this season he's not played his preferred position which is left wing and wasn't even considered in the position battle between Miggy and uh and Jacob Murphy which was a point they brought up in the athletic article for the right wing spot which is like which to me like if he was seriously being looked at as somewhat as a player this season he would be up for that right wing role because it's an inverted winger role so like <laughs> Like he he yeah. he was gonna be cut inside and, and do whatever. It was it was very odd. Uh, so 
we'll see. I think he'll end up somewhere. I I would be. Oh, surprised I'm sure he will. He's a very talented player. I was just being facetious. I I mean, I think that there's any number of teams that, at the top end of the championship that would love to have him come in and and immediately he would improve any team. So. Yeah, um, but I also I think, think that he there's a I, I wouldn't rule out MLS that you've now got that in my head. And I'm thinking I'm like, it's maybe not Colorado Rapids, but there's definitely going to be a team that throws DP money at him. Like, oh, I, don't I mean, know New York Red Bulls would be a, a, an amazing fit for him. Yeah. You know? Oh, so, yeah. Well, talking about these new teams, Nashville, St. Yeah, Louis, these they new probably teams, they have need deep something. pockets. Yeah. 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 They got deep pockets. All right. Uh, let's get into some new news. Uh Bruno, once again, linked to Real Madrid, once again has to come out and say he wants to be a Newcastle player. And then yeah. now, uh, it, I, I guess the, the the rumors before were somewhat serious, but unrealistic given the fact that, like, like we get it, he's talented, but Newcastle just signed him uh, six months prior because I think yeah. Real Madrid had kept, come calling last summer. Um, and then uh, now, which, again, it's it's been a year, and he's still doing well. It's still performing at a high level, played at the World Cup, all that kind of stuff. Um, they're come back again, and and it's now resulted in Newcastle saying, "Hey, let's uh, let's get a let's get a restructure on the contract." On yeah, the book. so you know what we we had a little tiny wedding ring. Let's get you a big giant diamond. Yeah, you know we love yeah, you very funny. much, Bruno. So let's stay married. Uh, yeah. it, it's it, to to me, if anything, um, it's you know it would make you blush a little bit that that Real Madrid is looking at a player on Newcastle United. I don't want him to go. He's he's very talented, but it speaks to his level of play and the kinds of players that Newcastle can attract. Now, um, at some point, they may have a bigger squad and maybe could afford to let someone really talented go. You know, once they have the money rolling, the, the money in means the money out, you know. And so, yeah. you know, Bruno has said he wants to stay. We love him here. Uh, he fits the system and I think he deserves to be here. But I could see three or four years from now, and I don't know who that player is, but player XYZ, whoever it is. I could see Newcastle selling a player on to Real Madrid or PSG um, to take that money and reinvest it in the squad. I just don't see them doing it with Bruno now. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. That, that makes perfect sense. Um, it also is interesting because it does feel like there is a small part of, if just looking at the last couple of years of transfer history, there is a little bit less allure in going to Barcelona and Real Madrid now, uh, mm-hmm. just especially since they're, their business is all out there um, with oh, uh, Barcelona. Financial yeah, so it, it's, uh, it is interesting seeing that like, there seems to be a lot more of Real Madrid and Barcelona openly leaking that they want players rather than the other way around where it used to be like players leaking out of the wazoo that, you know, they were thinking about a transfer move to Real Madrid or Barcelona or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Um, so yeah, that's Bruno in a nutshell, which segues perfectly into it is now we're now getting into silly season. The transfer rumors are flowing thick and mm. fast. So I, I just it. need your yeah, I need your uh, your quick reactions on some of the rumors I've seen the last couple of days. Let's start with the first one. Lead center back Robin Cock, who uh, is ready to take the next step in his career. Uh, I don't know where that rumor came from. I haven't seen it, and I don't know. Oh, no, to. all this this is like all hot off the presses. All these are, are brand new. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 Leeds is not doing that well and i don't mm-hmm. see why 
signing a defender off a team that's had defensive issues would be a good idea. I think we could do better. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I think the the interest is genuine because I think you can you can fill out your squad with depth players mm, um, mm-hmm. for pretty cheap. Like there there's some other names on here from from near the bottom of the table where you look at them in a vacuum and you look at their numbers in a vacuum and you can you can talk yourself into why you should have that player. Like are leads bad because of Robin Cock? P- probably not. They're probably tiny. he actually he might be part of the reason why they're not horrible. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like and it's like, yeah, I mean, Leeds was respectable until this season and there was a lot of there was a lot of patching going on and there was a lot of ex- external reasons for why Leeds haven't performed well. But you look at some of the players they have, there are players that are solid players. Somerville solid. Obviously, yeah. the Americans have 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 shown that they have been pretty solid throughout the season. Blah blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm, I'm, I'd say there's this is a small amount of BS for sure. Uh, I think it's possible. Um, mm. I I would even venture to say it's likely because I want to say he's a right footed center back that's 26 years old, and uh, I doubt mm. Jamal Lascelles is going to be here this summer. Yeah, so. I think I think a center back is is high on the you know is highly likely. Which one it is, I'm not quite sure yet. But I yeah, I think Lachelle, I think Jamal's time up is up. And I think I think Shar as as good as he's been, he you know I, I don't know if um, if they would they would do well to maybe get a world class center back and have and keep Shar if they can or maybe it's time to move on and let him go and then bring in bring in a youngster and uh, and a top top center back bring in a couple you know I don't know yeah and I, again I think it's about depth like I think if you can if you can go from a center back room that had Fabian Share, I guess you. I don't even know where you want to put Dan Burn in that conversation. Fabian Share, oh, Sven yeah, Botman, yeah. Federico Fernandez, Jamal Lascelles, and you upgrade mm-hmm. one of those or two mm-hmm. of those. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that you know this Cox signing, depending on the, the 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 price, is one signing in addition to let's go after a world class center back that one you can ease in. You know, someone who is young, you can ease into the team. Similar to Botman, who like Botman only needed one game to adjust, but that's that's a rarity. Like it's a, yeah. it's a rarity that you get a young center back from the French league who takes one one game to adjust to the physicality and the the types of players in the prem. So I think Botman is a true rarity, and I think if you bring in any other any other center back from any other part of the world that's also young, it's going to take a couple games for them to get adjusted. So. If you can upgrade your depth positions with a guy like Robin Cock, who if Newcastle are playing European football, I just, it just I think it, it doesn't kind of talk me into it here. I would say another advantage, and I don't mean this to be xenophobic, but um, is if you take a look at and we'll get into Wolves, at, you know, at the back end of this podcast. But mm-hmm. um, they signed uh, Craig Dawson, yeah, and he's made all the difference in the world to them. He's really straightened out their back line. And part of that is if you look at the rest of their back lines, you know, Spanish and Portuguese and, um, you know, being able to communicate, you know, forward and backward in English and get in the messages from, I mean, it's kind of strange now that I'm thinking about Craig Dawson. You're you're being xenophobic because Robert Cox is German. Yeah. And also Craig Dawson slid into a, a largely Portuguese and Spanish team with the Portuguese or Spanish boss, depending on who's in charge when. So maybe... Maybe that isn't the reason why. Um, I just figured he was really good at communicating, and he's made 
Samito, you know, better. And he's, you know, and he's, well, you know, um, who, who's been lining up next to him? And so we'll get into that in the second half. But yeah, long story <laughs> short, I just wonder at Newcastle if language um, and communication might be um, a determining factor in in uh, who they sign as as well. Um, you know, to, maybe to go, I don't know how well Sven Botman speaks English. I haven't heard him. So, uh, yeah, I don't or know how I important mean, that is. I, think, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think any European born player is going to speak some English because better than me, it's. To be honest. It, yeah, <laughs> who knows? Uh, better than the Brits, uh, for sure. I think, yeah, I think any European-based <laughs> player is going to speak some English. So I'm not super concerned about that. Um, but we'll move on to another center back who kind of maybe might fit the mold of younger player that you might take a swing on if available. Okay. Maybe maybe ha- has had some promising moments. Maybe has not been the reason his team is terrible. Mohamed Salisu, 23-year-old center back who's playing at Southampton, who, again, on paper, all, by all numbers, having yeah. a very solid season, could be available this this summer. I think um, that's for like really likely. Pounds. Yeah, I think it's really likely. Look, uh, Southampton's not doing well, and if they go down, or when they go down, there's going to be a fire sale, right? They can't mm-hmm. take that. They can't take that roster with them in its entirety down. They're, it could be the albatross that sings them for good. I mean, they could pull a Sunderland and be down there for a long time. They could be a Portsmouth and go down for even longer. You never know. You just, you you know, so you've got to sell off some pieces and make sure you've got some fluidity. It, it, he, that's very a very possible um, piece that we could pick up. I There's another Sunderland player who I'd like who we're not linked to, but if they go down, better oh, be on the list. Oh, yeah, not Sunderland. Yeah, Who's that? Southampton. Come on, James Ward Prowse. Oh, I I read today that we were. Oh yeah, okay. Well then, we'll add. Uh, sure, we'll be interested. I, in I heard that we it. were in the mixer for James Ward Prowse. Yeah, sure. So, I love it. G- yeah, give me, I mean, give it's, me a it's multiple set piece threats. Why? Why not? I guess it just depends on where you get your silly news during the beginning of silly season. It's going to be out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Here's another one uh, that popped up the other day. Hmm. Kieran Tierney, uh, one of the. Newcastle are a host of clubs that are interested in signing the Arsenal left yeah. back. Um, <laughs> what, are, what are your thoughts? 25 million pounds. I The way I read this, it's almost like they're telling us it's going to happen. Okay. It, yeah. it, it almost feels like it's, I mean, this isn't, this, I, I read about it like three or four weeks ago, and then I read about it, and it seemed much more serious this week. Like, I would not yeah. be surprised. I, like, this one to me is not laughable. This one to me is likely. Yeah, a, I, I'm it, a little, I'm a little concerned though. Um, okay, you know, just is I, he another? Do we already have that mold? Do we already have that player? You know, in in um in Matty Target. No, no, I I mean, I guess we already have that player in promising player that is injured. Like <laughs> that's yeah. my that's more my concern is mm-hmm. can he stay healthy? Um, so that, that's, that's my big thing is like, all right, like I'd be fine with Karen Tierney if Karen Tierney stays stay healthy, healthy. Karen Tierney, yeah. and, and that's the million dollar question because like right now you're already seeing the effects of when you don't have fit left backs, we've got Dan Byrne who's starting to get skinned and we'll obviously talk about that a little bit later. Um, and you can't even like, I don't even know if Eddie Howe is, 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 uh, even 
excuse me, he's even considering this, but it's like you can't even play Matt Target because he's he's like just become uh, Matt's fit for like the first time in months. So, mm. um, yeah, I just don't want that to be the case again next season. And again, Matt, Matt you know, Matt Target's a a wonderful deputy, and I'm and arguably could be starting. So. It, I, I'm I'm a little hesitant on this one just due to the injury history, but I'm I'm with you. I, I think that it's it's very possible given uh, where Arsenal are and how they've seemingly already been able to replace him, and he was already a highly regarded talent. So I I, I don't know. I think that it's uh, he he's he's definitely he's definitely on the move, um, yeah. for sure. All right, and then uh, just a couple more. Um, really, uh, here's here's one that. I've seen on on Instagram, so that's how well, that's that's my my uh, my heads up. <laughs> Marco Sensio is out of contract uh, this summer, and uh, because Real Madrid is has lowballed him a uh, on salary, and it seems like Newcastle might have a go at at potentially bringing him in on a free. Dang, yeah, that would be um, something. Yeah, you, you talk. Some... You talk about you talk about bolstering the attack. That's uh, one way to do it. Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's this year's going to be wild. Uh, the I don't have the list in front of me. Maybe we could go over this in a future episode. Mm-hmm. We could just take a look at the freeze, like all the players that are going to be on a free. And this is sort of yeah. like it's been more and more and more every season. And I feel like it's almost a strategy that players and their and their um their agents have is to say, okay, well, we'll wait till the club gives us, you know, we'll set in stone how much we want from a club to where we'll say yes. But until they reach that point, it's a no. And we'll wait and see at the end of the year, who's going to come out and give us what we want. And yeah, uh, yeah, there's a lot of players. There might be a a lot of really good players out there, you know, that might be chasing the money that way. And honestly, it's not even about chasing the money at this point, because uh, I mean, it's, it is. It's interesting because you can. You. It's like one of the. It's something you. You see with American sports. Um. It's very common of a free agent to test the market, not only for for price, but you can also go to whoever you want without any restrictions on the team. That's a true free agency, yeah, which doesn't right. really exist that much in the footballing world. Like I mean, in American football, yes, but in the global football perspective, like that's not really something that has existed. And you're seeing certain guys like a, a Messi or a Messi or Ronaldo, but like like certain bigger names are able to just move teams at will. But not every, I guess in that case, those two were good examples. But not everyone's able to just pick their destination. Yeah, and so and you know that there are certain there are certain sporting directors that don't want to sell to certain clubs, and then when you are not picking the when you have a a club you want to go to. And, and you, know, you could say Sven Botman's a good example of this, or um, Diego. I guess who are you? Yeah, it's Diego Carlos. Maybe the the other side we're linked to. Both wanted to go to Newcastle, and both got held up by their own clubs, demanding yeah. an extreme asking price. And obviously, it eventually worked out for Sven Botman. But you can completely bypass this now because you don't owe this club, you know, the ability to make money off of you if you want to go to a certain location. And so it's it's a little bit of player empowerment. I'm curious to see how the market reacts. I think part of it is you're seeing a little bit of it with, um, you know, it's part of its financial fair play, what Chelsea's doing. But now Chelsea's locked up guys in the, like, you know, eight-year deal. Yeah, that's, they're <laughs> getting Major League Baseball contracts there. Yeah. But the danger, of, the danger of not signing a contract and playing out through the end of the year and waiting to see what happens is, let's say you don't 
you don't get that contract. Well, let's say you pick up a knock at the end of the year. They don't owe you nothing. They can let let you go. As a matter of fact, they can cut you before a certain date so that you don't meet, you know, so that you don't trigger any bonuses. So it's a scary proposition. It's a double-edged sword. You got to be careful out there. Yeah, and it depends on the player. Like Asensio, like, I think he's going to command a decently large salary wherever he goes. Maybe he's not going to get, like, he's trying to pressure Real Madrid, it seems like, into a a higher wage, which, I mean, I think it's smart of them to not give him a higher wage. They already have, like, insanely good attacking talent that are eight years younger than him. So, like, I don't blame them for for being hesitant to give him a massive contract and for good reason. But he he knows that he can eventually, he can go somewhere else and make as much money as he is at Real Madrid and play a lot more. And like he can make as much money as he's as is at Real Madrid playing every single match for Newcastle and willing them into Champions League. So I think he knows that. And I think that this could be one that they're floating out just to, uh, just to, to, Stoke stoke the flames underneath uh, Real Madrid, but you know we'll see if it happens. But uh, yeah, I'm curious to see. Uh, you know, maybe in like April when things are started to simmer mm-hmm. down a little bit, because right now we're in prime uh, renegotiating season for a lot of those guys who are out of contract this summer. Yeah, leverage, so I think leveraging April, the possibility of leaving. Yeah, yeah. April April early May is going to be when we're actually going to start seeing guys commit to other other clubs, but. It's something to watch. I mean, we're seeing MLS players are doing it now. Miles Robinson's doing it. I mean, he's Lane United player, U.S. Men's National Team, like mainstay. He just came off an injury, an injury, and is like, I'm going to bet on myself this season. Not going to re up on a deal with the club, and essentially, like next January, I think he'll be a free agent and can sign anywhere he wants in the world. <laughs> so, and Atlanta United, who I think they were, that was the first ever draft pick for that club. They could likely see none of it, so we'll see. Well done, Atlanta. <laughs> we'll, see. well done. Well, th- that that's a complicated thing, but sure. Like, I mean, I, yeah, it's all complicated. Yeah, yeah. you. I, I don't fault a team for not offering a guy an extension while he ruptured his Achilles. Like I, like, and waiting There's until now more. to try to negotiate. Like I don't, yeah. I don't fault them for for not offering him an extension last season. Um. All right, and then one. This is the last one. Save the best for last. Diego Jota. Link to Newcastle. Oh, I just saw that uh, today. Um, yeah. is not that to me that player is not a depth player for Newcastle. That that's, oh, yeah. the, that's the kind of signing that's a starter. Yeah, and I think that it's really dependent upon if if Eddie Howe has decided by the end of the season if we're going to move on ASM. Um, if he watches him every week run blindly, you know, to the end line and then try to cut back and find no space to make anything happen. If that's just ASM's ceiling, then I could see moving him on and I could see looking for somebody that plays out wide on the left a little bit differently, you know? Yeah. I would argue regardless, Newcastle are looking at high quality attacking player because Hmm. between ASM, Almiron, Wilson, and Isak, neither one of them are at the level that Newcastle need in terms of like complete game changers. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's no fault of their own. Like I think each player has their, their flaws and Isak, I think it's just, he needs more time. I think it's just, he's very young. So like, I think maybe he will become that at some point, but I think it is very evident in the past three matches 
that anyone who's watching, and I think that's part of the reason you're seeing a lot of these big money moves, is that you're seeing the big time players for these clubs step up when it matters most, and they're bearing chances. And yeah. then you see Newcastle's, they're and they're quote big time players not doing that. Yeah. Like you're seeing ASM cut inside and sky shot over. You're seeing Calum Wilson miss from three yards out. You're seeing the ball hit off of Jolinton's like deflect off his head or chest or whatever. Like you're seeing these like moments that are like, man, if we had one player that is a absolute baller, whether it's Madison, whether it's Jota, whether it's Asensio, whether it's Diaby, like, I don't know who you want to bring in, but you need one player that you can just throw in and is like, all right, I know if the ball's at his feet, they're going to score. And Callum Wilson was that player. Yeah. But he's not anymore. So (laughs) we got to move on. I wonder, and maybe you can tell me more about how the the GM thinks, um, but spending money, the amount of money that it would take to to bring Jota in from Liverpool, you could spend less on buying a similar player directly from Portugal or Brazil. And, I mean, far be it for me to tell you names right now. I mean, I'm not Mm -hmm. a scout. Um, I could go play FIFA 23 and come back with a handful of names that are rated at 78 to 82 or something like that. You know what I mean? But that's not, that's not really scouting. That's not, you know, that's not, that's not how Eddie Howe is going to do it. But the, the, to the, to the point is what is in the better interest of the club long-term is it to um, give money to a competitor for a, for, you know, for a player that, you know, why are they letting him go? Who knows? Right. But like, do you, I really mean, I could to... tell you, I mean, they, they've, they've got his replacements. Like they, yeah. they've brought in players who have performed no. in the midst of his absence. And yeah. that's, I mean, that's no fault to, to them. Like they have a great scouting department and oh, great. right now, yeah, Liverpool is one of the yeah. best, yeah. but why can't, yeah. and they have, the... and they have the allure to make that happen. Like, yeah. like if Gakpo had the option of choosing between Newcastle and Liverpool, he chose Liverpool, oh, Liverpool. and like that, right. and and it's like there, there's a bajillion reasons why. I don't think it means Jota's not no. Jota. For but do, you, but do you give? But do you give Liverpool, who, for all intents and purposes, this time next year, I mean, maybe we're neck and neck. We we're very we are neck and neck with them right now for the you know for yeah. the, the three well, three four five spot. But who who knows in the next few years that they really. We're going to be in the mixer with them. Do we give them sixty mm-hmm. million pounds to go find somebody else, um, or do you start scouting really hard? And where did where did they get him from? They got him from Portugal, right? And like, why don't we go do that? Why don't we? Why don't we pip the the Cody Gakpo a year before he becomes Cody Gakpo? You know, let's go find that player. Identify those players. Easier said than done. I'm just sitting in my living room speculating on how to do it. But I'm like, yeah, if you're, if you're going to spend that kind of money, let's save 10 mil and go get them a year before everyone else knows about them. I don't know how to do that though. Yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, you bring up a good point. Jota, like they got him from wolves. So like mm-hmm. that one was more of a, he's a good player at a, solid club we should get him and convince him that if he wants to play consistent champions league soccer he should play with us completely get it and even before then i want to say he was might have been like in la liga so he was not not a not a crazy like deep in their bag like scouting but you know like a like guys like darwin nunez for sure um who people hadn't really heard of before luis diaz like they definitely kind of 
did do some searching and obviously discovered those guys and et cetera, et cetera. I think the biggest difference though is right now Newcastle are in this mode where they have they have one chief scout in Nixon and they've got Ashworth as well, like on the beat, but realistically they have one chief scout who for a long time has been suggesting players and has been on the money about certain players before they've gotten big and was told too expensive, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And he has gotten his way in identifying some key talents, like particularly was, was was, his his name was floated out for being very fond of Botman, being very fond of Isak. So Newcastle have already started to do that. I will say, okay. So I I will give them credit where it's due. I'll also say that Newcastle are playing this, this game of, these other players, these other teams who are around us have players that we think are Premier League quality players that we know can perform well in the Premier League. And we think we could be utilizing those players better than they are being utilized now. I think yeah. that is also the model that Newcastle are operating under yeah. underneath because it allows you to build a solid squad without, again, because it's going to take time to build up the scouting department. Like, it's just yeah, it. right. like you and have to like we you, have a, a, a backroom staff for like that department that is like, you know, the same size as some championship clubs, which is mm-hmm. no knock on them. But it's Newcastle have been a consistent Premier League club for a long time. Their scouting department just has to be bigger. It's got to yeah, so, it's part of it. Up. I think another part and I didn't, re- you know, as as you were speaking, I thought about this. Is you've already got a player who's broken into the system, broken into the league. He's already uh, he already understands uh, where the clubs are. The travel days aren't going to be harsh. Communication isn't going to be harsh. Uh, You know, it's, you don't need that. You know, if you, if you do go get that uh, dynamic winger from Portugal, who's never been to England before, it's going to take a year for that person to bet in. That's sort of like, I think that's the standard part of that conversation that, you know, television pundits will tell you, Oh, well, he's only been here for a few months. What do you expect? Mm -hmm. Which you go get, you go get that, that guy that's been at Wolves and has been at Liverpool you you could get him performing, you know, uh, three four three four matches in, and you and Eddie Howe could get him ticking. So, yeah, there's something to it. There is something to it. You, you talked me into it. Yeah, and and there is that. There's that other level of all the other t- clubs in the top six are also doing the same thing. They're mm-hmm. still buying from rivals. They're buying like I mean, you can even look at Arsenal in in this January. They brought in Jorginho. So I mean, like, and that's a that's a perfect example of they brought in a player who they thought they could utilize better than he was currently being utilized at his club. I would love and to have brought in Jorginho. Right. Yeah, Alexander Zinchenko, another example of we think that we can use this player better than he's being utilized at Man City. Not Again, direct rival. Like this is this is this is at this point this is like I don't even know where Arsenal finished last year, but they're now like right now if you look at it, it's first buying players from second, and arguably yeah. the reason. Man City are in second. Are they have not looked as good as they did in Dumb years dumbs. past? Maybe depth, maybe offense. Who knows? Gabriel Jesus, another person they bought. Yep. So I mean, the list goes on and on. It's like it's not that uncommon. But Newcastle have never been in the mix, so it is new for Newcastle fans to have this weird. Like we're used to we're used to being linked to Salisu, who's about to get relegated. Like that's nothing new. We're we're used we're used to that. Yeah, bargain bin shopping. But the idea that we're going to buy from a direct rival and give them money, like that still rubs people the wrong way. But it's like, that's also how business is done in in the prem. Like, if you want the best of the best in the best of the best, you have to buy from the best of the best. This is a conversation you will only get from Americans. I tell you that. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's hop into uh, this Man City review. Uh, if you've been living underneath the rock, rock or just ignored the first 35 six minutes of this podcast mm. um you will you would you wouldn't know uh newcastle did lose to manchester city two nil which is actually less than josh and i both predicted yeah I think we, they did we well like three nil losses by comparison um yeah by comparison did well and i think it went how i thought it was going to go i was waiting for like i saw the promising signs from newcastle and then the first dagger happened. And then I will, I'll, to Newcastle's credit, it wasn't like back to back like the Liverpool and Manchester United ones were, but it did feel like as soon as Newcastle were about to, you know, maybe claw their way back into it, Manchester City delivered the dagger that ultimately, yeah. you know, was the was the knife that was twisted in the uh, in the heart of a, of the Newcastle team. Um, but before we get into the nitty gritty. We'll quickly uh, dive into the lineups. All right, so Newcastle uh, shocked a lot of people with um, with with the lineup they they put mm-hmm. out. A couple of interesting changes. I think people wanted some different looks after a pretty disappointing display in the EFL Cup final by uh, some by standards of some folks. Um, but the players that were dropped were not the players that people thought would be dropped. So. Um, in the back, we had Nick Pope, uh, Dan Byrne, um, Sven Botman, Jamal Sells came in for Fabian Scher mm-hmm. and Karen Trippier. I think Scher was dealing with, I want to say it, he ended up, they ended up confirming he had a concussion, which not surprised. Like he was lost when he got, and he had his collision uh, yeah. in, in the cup final again. And for, and uh, I also think that they had another vote. This is a little off topic, but when I mentioned I think they had another vote on whether or not that they, to allow the temporary concussion subs and it was rejected, which is an absolute wild, like we don't even get in that, but that's, that's where we are in, in soccer right now is yeah the idea that like, Hey, we're not going to, we're not going to allow a concussion sub, which would be temporary just to confirm and do a full evaluation and not do it on the pitch, not waste time, keep the game moving temporarily sub a guy out so that we can check to make sure there's a concussion that that got rejected. Anyway, in the midfield, Joelinton, Bruno and Longstaff, Anthony Gordon came in uh, mm-hmm. for his first start uh, and he was joined by Kyle Wilson and Miguel Amron in attack. Man City rolled out just, I mean, they rolled out a good lineup. Ederson, Walker, Kanji, Ruben Diaz, Ake, Rodri, Gundogan, Foden, De Bruyne, Grealish, and Holland, um, all of which had really good games. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah, I mean, but they look, they've been doing this for a while, right? Yeah. They've been at this game for a while. We're, we were just talking about who, who do we bring in, this player or that player, from what team or what team. You've got to start somewhere. Ten years ago, they were bringing in players from other teams just like that. You know, mm-hmm. two, three, four at a time. And you've got to load up your roster, you know, and they've got that, they've done that for a decade. Now they've got depth and quality and depth. They've got a coach that motivates the depth players to perform. He's got the starting players convinced they walk on water. He's the best coach in the world, in my opinion. Some make contend that he isn't but i still think pep is absolutely magic um and you know you get what you pay for yeah it's it's facts so uh just overall um i'll just quickly walk walk us through some of the 
the uh, how how the pace of the match went. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't say City was completely dominant. I mean, they started off pretty hot. They had a, a, a Grealish almost scored. Um, oh, sorry, not Grealish. Grealish almost had an assist early on in the Almeron Grealish battle. Like first minute, uh, picked up Gundogan. Nothing crazy. A lot of uh, Manchester City attacks in the beginning. Again, kind of, kind of what we were expecting, given it was an away match at the Etihad. Mm-hmm. Newcastle were coming off of a pretty disappointing cup cup final loss, but by all intents and purposes, they they the energy was up, pressing was still going on, uh, still making City a little bit uncomfortable early on. Ederson actually had some pretty pretty uncharacteristic misplaced passes that turned in some Newcastle opportunities. Then 15 minutes in, uh, Foden scores. So it's a and bit unfortunate just because a hot you, knife through butter, right? He's yeah. just, you know, he once he once he got into the box, nobody wanted to touch him, and that's yeah. just the way football is. Like, what do you what do you do? He 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 is ins, he is insistent that he's going to run into the box this way, and you can yeah. either challenge him and you know most likely get a penalty penalty called or even you know pick up a card. Or you've just got to try to contain him, and that's almost impossible. Phil Foden's a fantastic player, and it was an absolute class finish. Yeah, um, and a bit unlucky for Sven Botman, kind of mm-hmm. it deflected off of him again. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate. You see the look on his face, like, God. I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh but but That's again, too- it was it, it it still it still felt like Newcastle were in it. They still had some opportunities. Yeah. City had a lot of sustained pressure. We'll give them credit. But Newcastle had opportunities. I mean, uh, even in this in that half, um, in that half, Trippier actually set up um, a, had a pretty nice cross, and it was you probably saw the pictures all on, online. But this was probably twenty ish minutes after the Foden goal. Uh, mm. Trippier had a nice little cross, mm-hmm. uh, right, perfectly for Callum Wilson, like oh. on the bounce, perfect volley situation. Callum Wilson in August scores this. Callum Wilson in March completely whiffs and makes a fool of himself, and that yeah. that was that was the chance. Like you think about pivotal moments in a match, scoring to be to to tie one one at the Etihad right before half. That would have that would have done a lot for Newcastle, especially oh, yeah. because they were still hanging around for the for the entirety until they went down to nil. They were still was, hanging around. Was that after Longstaff's whiff, or was that before Longstaff's whiff? Um, he, I think he missed one on the bounce too. He sort of misjudged a bounce. Yeah, that might that might have been after Longstaff's after. whiff. I just felt like um, there were there were a couple op- look like I'm I've been sort of negative about Newcastle the last couple of weeks, and I think it's just they played. They've gone from weakness to weakness to weakness. They've played three of the best teams in the country. Yeah. Right? And and so this is just going to, it's it's growing pains. We're still a really good team. But you can't, you, you, you got, you, there's no way you can hang in a match when you're misjudging a bounce. You know, Matty Longstaff misjudges that. There's no way you can hang in a game if you can't, if you can't finish the opportunities that are given to you. And like you said, the last three weeks that we've had these conversations that Newcastle aren't failing to create chances, Wilson, et cetera, the whole team, they're failing to, to complete or to finish these chances. And it's, it's, uh, it's just, I'm not even mad. I'm just shaking my head, you know? 
Yeah, especially when you look at who scored, who's been scoring the goals against Newcastle, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I mean, okay, I'm sorry, like Mark Strashford, form of his life. Like, I, like mm-hmm. I don't know what you wanted to do there, Phil Foden. Again, you're talking about players who are, you know, at their position, you know, at this moment in time, top twenty in the world. Like th- that's that's who we're coming up against. I mean, best players in the world, and they're doing stuff that you expect the best players in the world to do. Speaking of. Uh, Again, Newcastle kind of growing into this uh, as the second half uh, comes in. Still getting, still some dangerous counters happening. Holland had a couple chances. Uh, <laughs> they were Newcastle were able to win a couple of quarters, couple free kicks. I think that's probably been the most disappointing thing for me. I don't know about this for you, Josh. Is that Newcastle mm-hmm. were absolute money from set pieces since mm-hmm. Eddie Howe has come in, and since the World Cup, it looks like every set piece is is the worst thing in the world, whether it's the delivery is off, which you can, you can blame on a lot of people or just like the, when it finally meets ahead, it just is nowhere near the goal. I, and I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they, they uh, have worked on them less at the training ground or they're just tired legs. It's just a slump, but the set pieces have been a little bit disappointing to say. The yeah. Least. Yeah. No, I've seen that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. And then we'll get into this last goal. Bernardo Silva <laughs> so, can you subbed do? on. What can you do? What can you do? Yeah, again, it's yeah, like I don't know what you can do. Uh Bernardo Silva uh is subbed on and it actually comes again right after another dangerous Newcastle chance where you're like, mm-hmm. okay, we're like we're back in this, blah blah blah. Um, this is the one I mentioned earlier briefly, but Joe Willick came on to the pitch. He came in, I thought, with a lot of energy, which is what Newcastle needed. I think he probably has earned himself. Well, he will be starting. That against yeah. Wolf because Joelinton picked up a yellow, um, so he's yeah. he's on yellow card suspension. But uh, he he immediately, uh, well, as soon as he was brought on, um, came in and provided some offense. Whipped in a pretty dangerous cross, probably something we're not used to Joe Willock doing. He's much more of a ball carrying kind of guy, but he whipped in a pretty dangerous cross. Literally fell perfectly to Joelinton, and I don't know what part of the body it hit, but it it. I think he missed the ball. Yeah, I think he missed the ball completely. So I don't think it hit any part of his body. So there was that. And literally, as soon as that happens, De Bruyne is subbed off for Bernardo Silva. Silva comes on and literally scores. Like, like it is Silva's on in 65th, 66th minute, and then scores in the 67th minute, assisted by Holland. And again, don't, don't know what you're supposed to do there. Perfect finish. Beautiful flick from Holland. But again, it's the difference between the players Newcastle have right now on the field for them. And I'm not even saying like I'm not even saying an attack because, like, you know, maybe Bruno is that guy, but he's not in the right position. So I'll give him some credit as well. But like, even when you brought in like a Trippier, like there was a certain level of class that he played with when he was introduced into this team. That was like, okay, he's one of those guys that will go out and win you a game, and that's seems to be missing as well yeah. from him now but like Bernardo Silva again another guy who as soon as he came on he was coming on full of confidence and his first touch was a goal and Holland you know missed some chances earlier but got the assist and it's like you're dealing with best striker in the world one of the best strikers in the world if not the best and you're dealing with one of the best midfielders in the world who's coming off the bench mm-hmm it's I don't know replacing another one of the best midfielders <laughs> yeah. in the world 
Yeah, what, do, so, what, what can you do? Like, and so you can't, you can't beat yourself up over this match. So ultimately, like, you know, you, you what can you do? You're, you're replacing class players with class players, and this is the result that we get. I mean, two, two goals that you know any any team in the league would give up. So I'm not, I'm not beating myself up over this, and I don't think poorly of of Newcastle. I'm just glad that this run against these really like the best teams in the league. I'm glad that we have a couple weeks off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of not off, is what off, is. but you know. Yeah, I mean it is what it is. I mean, we a, a couple weeks playing teams in which you should be scoring and at least preventing them from scoring at a minimum, so maybe we're back to draws instead of losses. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's it. You know, yeah. you, you you say that and and um what we lost 0-2 to Man City, we lost 0-2 in a cup to United, lost 0-2 to Liverpool, drew Bournemouth, drew West Ham, drew Nils with Palace. Like the last win we had was back in January. It was a one nil win, and then we zero 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 zero. Like we have only out we've underscored what three scored three goals and we've given up six since like New Year's Eve. It's ridiculous. And hopefully, hopefully there's some goals coming because I think yeah. we could really use that. And worth noting the the last league when we had against Fulham, Isak winner, um, and also Newcastle, that could have been a draw if uh, Alexander Mitrovic, I'm mm-hmm. 90% sure this is the Alexander Mitrovic hit the ball off. Of That's right. Penalty. That's right. Uh, yeah. So not again, not a lot of confidence uh, in, in no. the ability to pick up results. And again, before that it was a two, no one against Leicester. And, you know, you can talk about, I, I, honestly, it's probably even more telling the expected goals battle is two to one, like all that other stuff. But like, mm-hmm. Newcastle have won the expected goals battle in a lot of these matches and have failed to produce the actual goals that should come with the expected goals. So that kind of speaks to what Josh and I have highlighted, which is the whole lack of, of proper finishing. Um, and maybe that's a confidence thing. Maybe that is a player thing. We will find out soon. Are there any players of the match for this? Oh, uh... I mean, it's okay to say no. I just, I, that was I think it was, question. yeah, yeah, no, it was just such a, a lackluster performance by the whole team. I just don't think anybody stood out as fantastic. Maybe, maybe, maybe Willick, who came in and, 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 you know, injected a little bit of energy and gave you some hope, but it was yeah. really the hope that killed, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, Willick was, Willick was solid when he came in. Um, just one of a quick note, Matt Target did make an appearance, so he's healthy. So we'll see if that affects what uh what happens. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> what happens this Sunday, especially since Dan Byrne got repeatedly skinned uh, yeah. again. Uh so I, I not completely his fault, you know. He's going up against he's going up against some of the best wingers in the world and, and Anthony. <laughs> Well, <laughs> what did I say? I don't know if I even had the I don't know if I had the courage to post it in Twitter, but I was like, Anthony's like the he's like the great value Richarlison, you know? He's just No, he I mean he is, but you he's know. just out there he's just out there dinking around on a ball. I didn't really see him do anything. Yeah. When was that too? When he ago? scores, he scores bangers though. I will give yeah. Anthony that. Yeah. When he scores, yeah. it's like 
outside of the box curler. I will say I will give one player some props. Um, mm. And it's Jamal Sells. Uh, came in barely any oh. play time, linked to leave. Yeah, came in as a starter, and I think he had a he had some sh- he had a shaky moment or so in the first ten minutes. But outside of that, pretty solid. Um, mm-hmm. and in instrumental, him and Botman have to give them some sort of credit and keeping this from keeping the game still within reach for Newcastle. And it again, could have been worse. They didn't get out of floor. control. Yeah, well done to them. Yeah, exactly. No, oh, one hundred percent, especially given the past two matches, how quickly goals came in succession. I think that was actually a somewhat encouraging mm-hmm. sign of Newcastle got scored on and then immediately didn't give up a goal within the next 10 minutes. They actually held on to a, to a one, a one being down only one goal for, you know, 30 minutes. So you shout out to, to them, I guess for well, actually more than 30 minutes. Cause I guess it was like the 60 something minute when they scored. So, Whatever. Uh, shout out to Jamal Osell. So I do think he deserves some praise for coming in and, and, you know, I don't know, fitting in and not being terrible. Yeah. Again, bars on the floor, but I got to give credit where credit's due. All right. Um, let's hop into this Wolves preview. Um, Wolves, they are a team. They're all over the place, man. Uh, they're recent results um you know they got that win um against spurs which was great and it helped us out right kind of yeah. keeps us in the mix but then they lost the week before to liverpool as one does mm-hmm. then they drew versus fulham and then they lost to bournemouth then they beat southampton and then they back in february they they beat liverpool 3-0 like who <laughs> this team who like who who is this team that they're all over the place um, in that time, they've got goals, just one apiece from Craig Dawson, Ruben Neves, uh, Jao Gomez, Mario Lamina, Pablo Sarabia, and um, Adama Traore, which which his goal last week was was a gem. Like it was a real fun, like little, I don't know, how do you describe it? Kind of, you know, inside of the foot, dink, mm. you know, far post open. It was just beautiful. Um, but, you know, I'm listening to the Wolverhampton fan cast and, and they're basically like, look, we've had him for five years. He doesn't do that enough. We, you'll get mm-hmm. you'll get an Adama Traore performance like that once every, you know, five or six matches. And and you'll see it, you'll see it and you love him and you're like, that's why he's here. And then the other four or five matches, he's anonymous, you know, and he's just like, you know, a really fast, strong guy on the wing. But yeah. Who's, but, who's wearing baby oil? Yeah, you know, baby, a Hulk, an oiled up Hulk. He's yeah. um, no, he's a heck of a player. But you know, the lack of consistent scoring is has also infected the Wolves side. Um, they sit in thirteenth right now, with twenty six matches played. We have uh, twenty four matches played, right? And so they, we have a couple matches in hand on them. And they have only won seven matches um, and drawn six. So like on paper and they have a negative 16 goal difference. They give up goals. Like it's just, they can't. Um, If there's ever a team to, to get right back on track with, it's probably Liverpool. Uh, Not Liverpool. Wolves. Wolves. Yeah. Not Liverpool. I'm grateful. We don't play Liverpool again this year. So yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and in in possession, they were, you know, 46% possession. So to me, that's pretty close to even Steven 421 total passes to 473 with, with Tottenham last week, 81% pass accuracy. I mean, they're right there. 
you know, they they hung with Tottenham, who are actually pretty bad right now. Um, I'm about to say it's like it. The Tottenham's an anomaly. I don't even know what what is you, Conte doing there. I don't it's, know. I I don't know how how Tottenham have since Poch since Poch left they have played like the least attractive like yeah. football I've ever seen like what it, I, what every I single so bad I can't figure out Elijah is how is Tottenham in fourth place in the table and I feel like they lose every week like how are they doing yeah. this it's like what what dark arts do they do they possess um yeah so b- back to wolves basically. You know, um, I could. They they've been pretty successful in a in a four two three one. And last week they had uh, uh, Diego Costa up 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 top, and watching him try to press was almost making me laugh. Like I laughed so hard I almost fell out of my chair. He's just he's not he's not the dangerous Diego Costa that we remember, and he's a lot slower and he just doesn't press as well. But when they brought in um, Jimenez, Jimenez is uh, a lot, you know, a lot quicker in and out of space and and still busy as a bee um, flying around pressing people. Uh, but what happens when you're, you know, four, two, three, one and your strikers running around pressing? What's he not doing? He's not he's not popping up. You know, he's not back to net holding the ball up. He's not popping up in space and they're just not getting goals. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And <laughs> it's not funny, but Costa did get injured. <laughs> Like within twenty eight minutes of, of starting, so uh, no, it's not so. funny. Old man Costa, I feel bad for him. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, so just some some quick lineup notes. Um, we did already mention this, but Joelinton is going to be, of course, out uh, with the suspension, so he will be back for the Manchester United game. So at least for the time being, we could see Joe Willock take his place. I'd be mm-hmm. surprised if he didn't. Um, unless we see a shift in formation for Newcastle in order to reinvigorate Callum Wilson, as well as get Isak on the pitch, I could see Newcastle potentially trying out uh, in the next two matches, maybe the four, two, three, one for a full match. But mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the wisest thing to do. And Eddie has not shown us that he will do that. Even when the personnel is calling for, you know, maybe a different, different look in the midfield. Uh, Fabian Cher still might be out with concussion stuff. I don't know if there's an f- official. Uh, I, I like in certain leagues, this is because it's not like a brag, but in America, there's been so many concussions in all the leagues that there's like a legit protocol. So when a player is has a concussion, you know that they are like, regardless of if they feel better the next day or not, they're going to be out for like thir- 10 days or whatever it is. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's the case for Premier League. I'd have to look into it because um, I honestly cannot remember the last time a Newcastle player was subbed off with a head injury. Um, but Fabian Cher, I'm assuming, entered in the concussion protocol, whatever it is uh, for Premier League, uh, Monday or Tuesday. So no idea if he's set to return. Well, I guess the previous Monday or Tuesday. So I have no idea if he's set to return by this upcoming Sunday. So we'll keep an eye out on that. But for now, I'll just assume that he is likely not going to be available and we could see Jamal Lasell still starting in his mm-hmm. place. And then for uh for Wolves, Bubakar Traore, different Traore. He's he's still not out. available. Yeah. Chiquinho's injured. Costa is obviously injured. We just talked about that. Um and then He Chan He Chan Wong, he's also injured. 
Hugo Bueno's injured, mm-hmm. and I want to say, yes, Sasha calls. Kl- I can't say his name. Sasha Klazish. I. You did it. There, the, sure, I'll take it. Uh, he tore his ACL a long time ago. Um, yeah. so yeah, I think yeah. he only played one match this season. But uh, that that's who they've got missing. Um, actually, I think that's the reason they brought in Costas. They just had yeah, so many injuries yeah. at injuries at striker. So again, uh, a lot of injuries for Wolves, but nothing that is necessarily new for them outside of the cost injury. And they honestly looked better when he was not playing. So, yeah, um, I would say, you know, they've, they could do a couple different things. Uh, Julian Lopetegui is their, is their boss. He played a four, two, three, one versus Spurs and a four, two, three, one versus Liverpool, but he did get a draw with Fulham and played a four, four, two. And in that situation, he had Jimenez and Kunha, up top, and I think he, I, th- I think um, with Mario Lamina, that's been a revelation for them, as well as having Craig Dawson. So defensively, they also haven't really given up a lot of goals either. Like they have, they don't have the most consistent record, but they're not getting blown out, just like we aren't getting blown out. Um, and so I could, I could easily see, you know, two, two. I mean, just really going four, four, two, and just making it as tight as possible and just basically going uh, up to St. James's and just trying to get that draw. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they did. Yeah. And, and in fairness, you're right. They, they have not leaked as many goals as they were in the beginning of the season. Um, really only giving up uh, like a lot of goals and a lot, meaning more than one to uh, I want to say man city. And that might be it. I think they played, yeah, Liverpool in the cup, but I mean, that's yeah. it's FA Cup, so it's a little bit different, but it's pretty much just Man City, um, who they who they gave up three goals to. Everything else has been uh, one goal or a clean sheet. So, again, similar similar form as Newcastle defensively, mm-hmm. um, you know, all things considered. Yeah, I will tell you, um, they're, okay, yeah, go ahead. they're, yeah, they're, they're podcast, they're, Wolverhampton fan cast. Um, they think they can get this. They they think they can yeah. get this. Yeah. Um, they see Newcastle is in a real poor run of form. Um, they think that they're ripe for the picking. And it's not inaccurate. No. And, and I just, I feel like we, I, I, I'm scared that, you know, maybe as the supporters, we think a different way than, than Eddie Howe and the, and the players do, but I'm just, I'd be scared if I were, I'd be scared for the players if they thought that they were just going to show up on match day and Wolves were going to roll over and let, you know, let Newcastle tickle their tummies. I think they're I think they're coming to score a goal and then lock it down. What a phrase to tickle their tummies. I've I've never heard that being no? described in the, uh, the yeah. nope, that's that's new. I don't think the players see it like that, but I do think Eddie Howe needs to do some soul searching because I do think that he needs to maybe uh Maybe take Cal Molson out back. You know, it, his time's his time's done. <laughs> yeah, he needs he yeah. he needs to sit down for a little bit. I think at this point, uh, there's really no reason to not be starting Isak. And this is as someone who I've I am fine with Eddie Howe being patient for players. In fact, I was one of the few people that wasn't crazy mad when Bruno didn't immediately start, which people forget that like at that same time Joe Willock was actually playing really well and was undroppable but that's that's beside the point 
I wasn't upset when Sven Botman didn't start week one. Like I'm all for easing guys in, being patient, but it is not like Callum Wilson has earned outside of his previous history. He's not really earned the right to just like keep this starting position, especially when a younger on paper could be more talented player is in behind him. Mm-hmm. I think you have to give that person a full opportunity alongside players that, I mean, will get the best out of that individual. I think when Isak has started, it hasn't been with a full strength team. He hasn't had the opportunity to play with Bruno. He hasn't had like you know, for the full 90 and all that kind of stuff. So again, I, you, you hope that Eddie Howe is not that stubborn, but we've been, I mean, it's been it's been a long time coming. I mean, Callum has not looked good since the World Cup, and I think there's just there's just no reason to to not be starting mm-hmm. Isak at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it it feels like it's it's actively it's losing us games. I think it's time. Like it, it's it's getting to that point where you can you can say like Miggy's looks stale on the right hand side, et cetera, et cetera. You can say ASM's like decision making's been bad, blah, blah blah. But at the end of the day, like there are still chances being created. And there are chances falling in the areas in which a striker should be. And Callum Wilson usually is there and usually is converting those chances. And he just hasn't been. And it doesn't take any analytics nerd to see that. It doesn't take any, like, any experienced footballer to see that. It just, I'm seeing this with my own two eyes as a 25 year old in, in Tucson, Arizona. So, <laughs> like, I, just, I, I, I don't know what else to say. He needs to be starting. Yeah. Um, I think the other lineup concerns, uh, Dan Byrne, I wanted to get your thoughts. Is, is it time for Dan Byrne yeah. to take a seat? It has been. And I told you this two weeks ago. <laughs> um, I just foresaw this. These, these, especially with Wolves. Here's what, here's what Wolves want to do. Wolves want to come out. They want to come out hot and they want to score early. Right. And I think that that's, they're going to, they're going to try to attack quickly on, on counters. They're going to try to get their goal and then they're going to lock it down. Right. And if they lock it down, the only way, the only way to get past them is, is to have, you know, creativity out there. And I think Dan Byrne is, is a, a great defensive minded player, but I don't see him getting loose. I don't see him helping unlock a, a, you know, a shutdown, a shutdown defense. that has got a goal up. And I think this could easily, this is could easily go sideways for Newcastle. If they don't come out with something that Lopetegui was not expecting, they need to, they yeah. need, they need to play a more dynamic, you know, um, uh, offensive team and, and pace because Dan Pern is going to get skinned again. You know, if it's Adama Traore on one side or Sarabia on the other side, I don't, I don't know which way they'll line up because they, they invert their wingers from time to time. But it, I mean, it could be anybody, and he, he could easily be be the one that gets found out because he's too far forward or he's not making the right run. And, um, you know, I just, I don't know if Matt Target is the guy, but there's got to be something. There's got to be a solution in there that is um, speed and overlapping runs and helping. Yeah. Um, ASM on 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 the on the wing. I I think Matt Target's probably the guy. I mean, he was again. It's not like I Matt want Target him to be bad for Newcastle. No, I mean, he was good last season. For I, us. I say his match fit. What does match fit mean? I'm gonna take I'm gonna I, take the trainer's word for it. If he's match fit, play him. If he's not, yeah. if he's if he's not ready to play, then don't call him match fit. Well, I mean, any he, he played 
so that's that's my thing is like there you I, go. I, earlier i would i would have been like okay whatever but like he's he played last match <laughs> so I, i'm i'm at the point where it's it's getting you know there are some you know we're at the point we can criticize eddie Howe now i think it's completely fair that's probably been the most annoying thing so far and i think every manager is is has their sure you know, has their their faults but there there is a a willingness it seems to for eddie to stick with players and i think that when you're at bournemouth yes you have to because like there is you know not a lot of depth at those positions and i'm not saying newcastle have a lot of depth right now there is some more depth and i think that if you're truly about guys fighting for places you have to give other guys opportunities and it seems like eddie does this thing where until a player has the worst game of his life like they're undroppable mm-hmm. and if they don't get to that point it could be bad it could be not so good but if they're not at that point then they don't get dropped and even in the build-up last season like joe willick had to have like a pretty significant drop-off for him to get dropped dropped for bruno which is fine because he was playing at a high level and that was good when there was high amounts of competition and like everyone felt like all right you can replace guys blah blah, blah. but when Everyone, when the player that you know is supposed to be competing with another guy is playing so poorly, like you have to like open it up and and allow someone else to take take the reins. And so I truly believe that this might be the the week that Eddie does it because you know you're not playing Man City. You don't need your most experienced players in the world out there. You don't need everyone to be a game changer. You just need to put need to give opportunities to the best players. And I think right now, like Dan Byrne is just not getting it done and before he wasn't getting it done offensively that's not a big deal because he was so good defensively but now he's he's getting skinned defensively and offering nothing on an attack and when you have a guy like asm who is dribble 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 and then is turning and looking backwards to lay it off to someone else so that he can reset and find another position mm-hmm. he's not being able to do that anymore and so now it's just asm dribbling into traffic turning around trying to lay it off to someone and like trying to ping a ball back into the midfield into another dangerous area or just losing possession entirely because Dan Burns not really there with that overlapping run or, or waiting out in the wings to, to recycle possession to help ASM out because he's who knows 20 yards back, like uh, trying to, trying to make his way down to, to the attacking side of the pitch. So I think for ASM target is a better, you know, left yeah, back. I think so. Earlier in the season, it wasn't that big of a deal because you had Joel Linton and Joe Willock who were covering for each other and there was like a lot of really good synergy going between them two. And it was it was completely different how Newcastle were playing down that left-hand side. But ASM, if he's going to play as that left winger and be productive, like I think he's going to need another player to help him out and, and kind of save save his ass when he's dribbled into a tricky situation he can't get out of. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. You got any uh, history for us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, All time versus Wolves, thirty-three-one for Newcastle, twenty-nine drawn, and forty-two lost. Um, we first played Wolverhampton Wolves September third, eighteen ninety-eight. Our biggest win that I found, or at least a very interesting one, was an eight-nil thumping on November eleventh, nineteen oh five, with fifteen thousand in attendance at St James's. You had a, co- a goal from uh, Colin Colin Veitch, a hat trick from Bill Appleyard, a brace from Jimmy Howie, and a brace from Ronald Orr. 
Uh, so way back in the day, eight nil. Can we get an eight nil? Can we get an eight nil this weekend? No, no, no. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think is going to happen this weekend? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um, if we're going to hop into predictions, I do think Newcastle win this one. I think mm. they win two one. Uh, I think that they get back to winning ways, but only because Eddie Howe makes necessary changes. I think I feel a lot less confident if I wake up at 9.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on Sunday, uh-huh. March 12th. Also happens to be my sister's birthday. Shout out to her. Yeah. Um, if if we wake up and I see the same starting lineup or not, if, honestly, not the same starting lineup. If I see Callum Wilson starting, I, I, might, I might just like go to brunch. <laughs> like it's just like it's i i don't i don't want to i just i can't yeah. um and if i see dan burns starting like i'll i i'm if if isak starting and dan burns starting i, I might watch but if if wilson and you could take starting, one change you could take like one change on one end and not and no change on the other or vice versa or even two changes yeah. but no changes at all would be unsettling yeah, it'd be uh, and, it'd be pretty bad, and yeah. I mean, and even if you want to go the other route and say, you know, maybe Almiron needs to to be sat down, blah blah, and it's like, maybe if NDFC three sixty was like, this is Miguel Almiron's output since the World Cup, blah blah minutes plays, two goals, two assists, and it's like, I get that like people are upset, but like that is still the best out of anyone in the Newcastle attack. Nobody's and it, performing it's not, in the attack right now. It, no, it's you, not, it's and, not, it's and not and giving him it's, credit. It's not good, but no. it's like, it's like, I understand why like he keeps playing because he's obviously providing the pressing and he is still like, <laughs> still, but I don't think, I don't think what he's doing or I don't think that there's anything he's not doing. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I don't think the problem is him. I think the problem oh, yeah. is Wilson. And I think once you have Isak in, that changes the way that the defense wants to play against Newcastle. They don't know about him. They're not quite sure what to expect. He might have a gravity of his own. You know, if he makes some really good runs from time to time, and if he makes a handful of runs like that early, he's going to start drawing defenders to him. Who does that open up? You know, that open up, opens up a winger. That, uh, that'll, that get, lets ASM run the ball to the end line and then cut back in and, and put a sizzler across the face. You know, someone's going to finish that, you know. Yeah. And, and um, you know, why, why not our Peruvian friend? You know, let, you know, let's all be smiling, all smiling faces at St. James's. Yeah. Um, so, it's true. yeah, my prediction. Uh, oh, gosh. If, if the changes are in there. Yeah. Two, two, one. I think we give up a goal. I think uh, I don't think that, you know, we, we're going to shut them out, but it, it could easily be ones as well. Like this is a team that we're just like they're going to score one and we're going to we're going to score at least one. And that that's going to be the case. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I will say one one final note. Uh, Athletic actually did a really good piece about the passing maps for Newcastle and blah, 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 et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. One thing to note is that Newcastle are getting the ball in the box a lot, which is which is good. Yeah. Um, but I think something else that will be interesting to see if Isak's playing is that Isak is one one of the better dribblers in the team, like by all Weird. metrics. I mean, he's 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 as frequent of a dribble as Alan St. Maxman, maybe not as like adventurous, but he has the ability to carry the ball forward. He also has the ability to drop deep. And so it'll be a different type of, 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 you know, number nine play with him versus Calum Wilson. I think Calum Wilson is 
is going to be hunting in and around the box. And there were moments where like you, Callum Wilson was, was asked to hold up and then create. And it just not, I don't think it was planned tactically, but just the way that things shake shook out. And it was very much like attacks died once Callum Wilson had to hold up play and then try to make the, the, the correct next pass. And I don't think we're going to get that with Isak. I also think that he's going to draw some defenders out of position and, like you said, there'll be opportunities for other guys to score, for sure. Um, I just want to see goals again. It's been, it's been, it's been too long. Um, I haven't seen them, so that, yeah. that's all I'm asking for. Give, give me, me some something. Goals. To, give me something to get excited for. I will be watching this one. I, I'm gonna make my make a whole side of bacon. Have my coffee ready. You know, have my breakfast going. Have all my boys fed so no one can bother me. And I'm gonna have the match on. And, Good. Uh, you know, let's let's go. How way the last. Yeah. Oh, way the lads. Well, um, I think that's it. That's all we got. That's yeah. all we got time for. Uh, this this was uh, another episode of CHN Radio. I'm Elijah. That's Josh. Uh, oh, way the lads, and uh, we love you. James's Park at the Gallagher's end of the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Geordie And to live in Geordie land Some people think we're bawdy And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wing. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, Hey, how I'm coming home. old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion You've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog at St James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wing I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how weird, I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dog in jail.